welcome everyone to Understanding the I Am That Is You podcast. It's your girl, Wynn. I pray all is well with everyone, and your hearts and minds are full of love, joy, and compassion for yourselves and other selves. And whatever plans we may have for the weekend, let us all proceed as safely as possible and from a place of love in all of our actions and activities, never neglecting to show some personal attention to our own mighty I Am presence throughout our busyness, because it is our life stream. And indeed, it is the spirit and power of God within us that keeps our human selves being. Amen. Give thanks and praises for love and life and everybody, everybody, y'all be loved. Amen. Now when Joshua was near Jericho, He looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied, but as commander of the army of the Lord I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence, and asked him, What message does my Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times, with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout, then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up, everyone straight in. So Joshua son of Nun called the priests and said to them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. And he ordered the army, Advance. March around the city, with an armed guard going ahead of the Ark of the Lord. When Joshua had spoken to the people, The seven priests carrying the seven trumpets before the Lord went forward, blowing their trumpets, and the Ark of the Lord's Covenant followed them. The armed guard marched ahead of the priests who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard followed the Ark. All this time the trumpets were sounding. But Joshua had commanded the army, Do not give a war cry, do not raise your voices, do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout. Then shout. So he had the Ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling it once. Then the army returned to camp and spent the night there. Joshua got up early the next morning and the priests took up the Ark of the Lord. The seven priests carrying the seven trumpets went forward, marching before the Ark of the Lord and blowing the trumpets. The armed men went ahead of them and the rear guard followed the Ark of the Lord, while the trumpets kept sounding. So on the second day they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. They did this for six days. On the seventh day, They got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except that on that day they circled the city seven times. The seventh time around, when the priests sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, Shout! For the Lord has given you the city. The city and all that is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who are with her in her house shall be spared, 
because she hid the spies we sent. But keep away from the devoted things, so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. Otherwise you will make the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble on it. All the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron are sacred to the Lord and must go into his treasury. When the trumpet sounded, the army shouted, and at the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed, so everyone charged straight in, and they took the city. Joshua 6 1-20 Isis Unveiled, Chapter 12 Aristotle, in his philosophical deduction on dreams, shows this doctrine of the twofold soul, or soul and spirit, very plainly. It is necessary for us to ascertain in what portion of the soul dreams appear, he says. All the ancient Greeks believed not only a double, but even a triple soul to exist in man. And even Homer we find terming the animal soul, or the astral soul, called by Mr. Draper's spirit, Theta Upsilon Mu Omicron Sigma, and the Divine One Nu Omicron Upsilon Sigma, the name by which Plato also designated the higher spirit. The Hindu Jainas conceived the soul, which they call Yiwa, to have been united from all eternity to even two sublimated ethereal bodies, one of which is invariable and consists of the divine powers of the higher mind, the other variable and composed of the grosser passions of man, his sensual affections, and terrestrial attributes. When the soul becomes purified after death it joins its Vaikarika, or divine spirit, and becomes a god. The followers of the Vedas, the learned Brahmins, explain the same doctrine in the Vedanta. The soul, according to their teaching, as a portion of the divine universal spirit or immaterial mind, is capable of uniting itself with the essence of its highest entity. The teaching is explicit. The Vedanta affirms that whoever attains the thorough knowledge of his God becomes a God while yet in his mortal body, and acquires supremacy over all things. Quoting from the Vedaic theology the verse which says, There is in truth but one deity, the Supreme Spirit, he is of the same nature as the soul of man, Mr. Draper shows the Buddhistic doctrines as reaching Eastern Europe through Aristotle. We believe the assertion unwarranted, for Pythagoras, and after him Plato, taught them long before Aristotle. If subsequently the later Platonists accepted in their dialects the Aristotelian arguments on emanation, it was merely because his views coincided in some respect with those of the Oriental philosophers. The Pythagorean number of harmony and Plato's esoteric doctrines on creation are inseparable from the Buddhistic doctrine of emanation, and the great aim of the Pythagorean philosophy, namely, to free the astral soul from the fetters of matter and sense, and make it thereby fit for an eternal contemplation of spiritual things, is a theory identical with the Buddhistic doctrine of final absorption. It is the nirvana, interpreted in its right sense, a metaphysical tenet that just begins to be suspected now by our late Sanskrit scholars. H. P. Blavatsky The I Am Discourses, Volume 13 Let me say this to give you greater assurance, in the momentum that has been gained in your calls to the presence, it makes it possible, wherever your bodies are, many times to utilize the opportunity to release a power of vibratory action into the environment to do these things we wish, unbeknown to yourselves. 
That is why many times it is important to have your bodies on the ground where we wish to do certain things. That was why it is necessary to go to Honolulu, and why it is necessary to have your bodies at certain points. There is not one person who is the claw of the sinister force in the attempt to oppose this work, that does not know in their heart that we are real, because they have seen the manifestation, and they know the human could not produce it. Therefore, regardless of what might be said outside, they know we are real, they know we are the power with whom they are dealing. Therefore, they are always afraid of an invisible thing. Question, should we add to that call the decree to not only reveal, but to awaken the American people into action to the things that are revealed every day? Saint Germain, yes, by all means. Arouse them into action against it. You see, in all this work, now what you need to do is to call all this into action, because it is action now we need to reveal a thing. Without action it would be only a fragmentary part, but awaken, arouse the people into the defense of America and themselves. The conditions that have existed so long have put the people into this sleep, but you would be astonished if you saw from within, how fast the awakening of the American people is coming about by these decrees going forth. Some of the students cannot see how practical we are, and when we get too practical they think there is something strange about it. Someday when I begin to come forth in my tangible body, you will look at me many times and wonder how I can be so practical and natural in the outer world. You will pinch yourselves many times to make yourself believe that I am other than yourselves. That is the reality of life, dear ones. To assume what you are not is foolish, but to prove to the world the law of life by your actions is the greatest thing in the world. Beloved Saint Germain I trust I can get you all to see and feel how, when you depend wholly upon your presence, it so transcends anything that exists in the outer world that there is not any comparison, and you don't have to use outer means in order to produce this inner perfection. In most instances it interferes instead of helping, and that is what all must understand. The inner does not need the outer, but the outer surely does need the inner. That is how in all your production of this work it is wholly different from anything that has existed, because the outer has not reached an anchorage sufficiently, and as long as it begins to reach back into the outer for the assistance, the technical achievement of the outer world, that, because of the conditions that have existed, keeps drawing the attention back, instead of going to the presence where it will produce greater and greater perfection. You see, the world has drawn itself into the limitations and conditions that exist by giving its attention to outer things. In dividing your attention from the presence to that achieved in the outer world, you are more inclined to draw into the achievement of the outer world than the presence, because of your attention being so long fixed there. I tell you, you have no idea yet of the enormity of your attention. It can bring you into perfection or drag you into oblivion, it is so powerful. Beloved Saint Germain You see, this is the point, there is no outer, technical perfection that can take the place of the perfection of the presence. Now, the presence can bring into action technical perfection, but if the attention is fixed only on the outer technical methods instead of the presence, then there will be no outer perfection. The presence is first. Everything that exists in the outer world had to come from the presence, but the dividing of the attention between the two in the present state of mankind is not conducive to the complete state of perfection. For instance, in your music when you strike a certain harmonious vibratory action, then you will be able to call forth, now, take this one piece as an illustration, the song of the islands. It produces a general harmony. 
In order to call forth a specific harmony, the general attunement of your physical body and the brain structure needs to be brought to that certain attunement, then when you call forth a specific thing, don't you see, the channel is crystal clear for that specific thing to come forth. You would find it becoming just as definite and accurate as if you put down a row of figures and got an exact result. In music, in art, it is all produced the same way. If the instrument, which is the body and brain, is not in a certain vibratory action of harmony, then if you call forth something that is specific you are very apt to have that colored by the vibratory action that remains there that is not perfect, not in full harmony. Therefore, you cannot call a specific thing there until you have reached a certain attunement by a general activity, which this music produces, then you can call forth specific things and get them uncolored by the vibratory action there. The body structure should be brought up to where all is in balance, before the specific thing is focused. Question, in orchestrating numbers, I imagine a great deal of work could be done in balancing up the tonal quality of the instruments to put a healing quality into the music. For instance, certain types of instruments produce vibrations that are not wholly harmonious, and other instruments produces tones that are much more harmonious. Saint Germain, that is the training you are receiving now. You will draw that quite clear into the outer consciousness and activity, because that is where you will be able to produce some very astonishing results. When these begin to come forth, you will probably receive some very fascinating offers, and when that comes, take your stand in the light. Beloved Saint Germain,